This episode is brought to you by Castle Rock Portal Closing Service. Have you opened one or more portals to an alternate dimension only to find out that all the alternate dimensions suck? Are you tired of giant bugs, lovecrafting leviathans, and evil versions of you in a mustache ruining your day? Well, call up Castle Rock Portal Closing Service, and they'll come over and give you a free estimate on sealing up your portal so you can finally get rid of those pesky interdimensional interlopers. Go to Castle Rock portalclosingservice.com and request your free quote today. Use code HMT to get a discount on Temporal Paradox Resolution. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. theatrical releases always get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible wow that didn't sound good hello and welcome to horror movie talk your panel of expert hosts hoes hoes this week each week fuck Keep it moving. Or me. I'm Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. And across from me sits... I'm Dr. David Day, uh, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. You should know that Bryce just woke up. <laughs> so that's that's what's going on right now. It's not a big deal. I was up till two for no apparent reason. Ugh. Like, I finished, Ugh. I finished the movie and this outline at, like, 11. You just stayed up longer? What were you doing? I don't know. Masturbating, probably. I don't know. Anyways, um, the new theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies with good and horrible. Okay, so we've got a great show today. We'll be reviewing The Mist. This is as requested by our patrons. They get to request one movie for us to review a month, and then they vote on it, and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And man, am I glad. I've always loved this movie. This has been probably the most enjoyable week of movie watching for a long time. Oh you, yeah, so we and then we also watched uh, the Last House on the Left from 1972 for uh, a Patreon exclusive. Um, so it's only gonna that review is only gonna be available on Patreon. And so you, I mean, it was a, definitely an experience. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you may be wondering, like, wow, they're really talking about patron exclusive perks a lot. Are they money grubbing horse? Yeah. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go, go join our Patreon. Okay. Um. So a cool thing you might not know about the podcast, in addition to our Patreon, is that we have the best horror community out there. It's on uh, Facebook. Our Facebook group is fantastic, and you'll meet many like-minded whores, whores, whores. unpretentious horror lovers. Right. Um, go to our website, horrormovietalk.com, to find all the links to the things um we do second saturday watch parties on stream lounge you i'm can- super excited about this next one january 8th we got um kate from nightlight horror movie club coming on to our stream lounge she's gonna co-host 
the uh, the second Saturday wa- watch party. So you, all you got to do is make an account over at streamlounge.io, and uh, we'll watch a movie either on Netflix, HBO, or Shutter. Um, so yeah. So, yeah, that'll be a fun thing. Yeah. Um, we usually choose the last minute because we forget every time that there is a second Saturday in the month. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned and join us on the 8th. Um, we also have a Twitch channel, social media, blah, 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 blah. We post new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to give us a call and possibly hear yourself on an episode to leave a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Um, if you're new to the program, we start out by giving a brief synopsis and review, and then we give the movie a score from one to 10, one being a miserable dredge, 10 being so good it transcends genre bounties and and five being a perfectly average film that hits all the expected marks. After we give our score, um, we'll get into spoilers. So if you just want to hear our impressions on the movie and a little bit about the movie, to decide whether you want to watch it or not, you can uh, pause the podcast and go watch it and then come back and listen to the spoilers. Uh, later on, we'll be playing, well, well, playing, playing a game and then having our voicemail listening session. The game is called Don't Blank on the Blank. I remember this Remember game. this one? Yeah, this is a fun one. <clears throat> Um, we'll explain more what that is when we get to it, and then we'll listen to our voicemails from you guys. So, we watched The Mist this week, and it left me mystified. Oh, Boo! Here's the trailer. Spoken, the doomsayer departs. Come on. <laughs> Why don't you get Billy dressed? I'll take him into town with him. Hit the store before it gets all bought out. How'd you folks hold up in the storm? Big insurance day. Sorry to hear that. What's going on? It's death. is to seek rescue. Tie this around your waist. Or four. Well, let us know you got at least 300 feet. There's nothing out there. Nothing in the midst. What if you're wrong? Then I guess the job would be on me. Well, maybe your window turned out to be a door. Who 
she's gonna sacrifice to make it all better. We want the boy. You try it. Kill him! Rar. <laughs> Rar. <laughs> so uh the mist can be found nowhere streaming really you gotta rent it on all the places that you rent places things That's true <clears throat> that is true so uh thomas jane plays husband and father mist David Drayton, who after a storm heads into town for supplies for to repair damages to his house, he takes his son and his neighbor along with him, and soon they are trapped in the grocery store by a mysterious mist that contains untold horrors. And it goes on like this. Many of the townsfolk don't heed warnings and mistakenly decide to venture out. The remaining occupants increasingly mistreat each other. And the social order begins to break down when one religious fanatic begins to misteach others that this is all caused by an angry God. Many make the misstep to become followers. This film is one of the most shocking endings in horror sure to leave you misty eyed. Okay. This, (laughs) 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 this was my first viewing of the mist and I wish I could have gone in complete incompletely blind but 14 years is a long time to expect an ending not to be spoiled even knowing the ending i was pleasantly surprised by how engaging the film was from the outset frank darabont the director which you might know from such incredibly (laughs) impressive films as the shawshank redemption and And the green Mile, mile all of which including this one are stephen king adaptations yeah this and it's kind of his thing yeah it's I mean, in ter- in terms of uh, of horror driven uh, Stephen King adaptations, I think The Mist is probably the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, you got. The uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like Pet Cemetery. I'm like, nope, it's not no. as good as this one. Yeah, no. You got um, the 2017. It is great for what it is, but it's it's just not this. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't transcend. I. Th- I do think this, this. The mist does transcend the genre of horror. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Frank Darabont wastes no time establish in establishing strong characters and relationships that are familiar and believable. This is a pretty simple concept for such a long movie, but it's highly engaging because there are several times where the story shifts gears and presents new problems. Other than don't go outside, there is the obvious threat. Of what lies in the mist, but the story delves into several different sources of dread, such as fear itself, superstition, mistrust, and helplessness. Yeah, it it really um, leans heavily into um, uh, relationships and uh, and the terror of kind of crowds, you know, like right um, mob mentality, mob mentality. Yeah, and um, and uh, just coercion. By yeah, by your peers. Um, yeah. So the zombie genre has evolved into a mechanism to hold a mirror up to society, and this movie does that, but with more interesting and mysterious monsters. Yes, it's basically like Dawn of the Dead, except compelling. 
Yeah. Except except the monsters are still interesting. Yeah, not to say that Dawn of the Dead isn't interesting or compelling, but uh, the genre, the zombie genre, I think we can all agree, is one we're so familiar with that it's it's kind of just a, a vehicle now. Yeah. I mean, you watch The Walking Dead and you're like, wow, this is a really interesting show. And then you realize, like, you haven't seen a zombie in, like, five episodes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's because they'd never focus on the zombie. Because that's not the interesting part. Yeah. And this this now is the it makes that that part that's not interesting in zombie movies interesting. Again. Right. Um, the special effects don't quite hold up, but they aren't so bad as to distract from the high quality of the writing, directing and acting. I really enjoyed this film and I think it's not to be missed. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> Yeah, what what score what score do you give it? I mean, this is yeah, near I mean, this is perfect for for what it is. I can't find any fault with it. I I give it a 10 out of 10. I totally agree. Cuz I think it it does kind of transcend the genre in quality and concept. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's really fa- a fabulously done and execute it in every way. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I hold it in a... This is the second or third time I've seen this movie. I used to catch it on TV, you know, when it would come on. What are you doing? Is that yours? Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, I used to catch it on TV uh, a couple times, you know, and, and then, you know, I've watched it a few times, and every time I... I have this this like aura of like oh what a goofy fun movie, but every time I watch it, it's like oh no this is this is really well mm-hmm. done yeah and, and the acting is 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 great. I really hate the people you, you're supposed to hate in the moments you're <laughs> right. supposed to hate them. Yeah, I really um, empathize with the people who you know are doing the thing that I would do. You know, and then right, and the problems they have are so perfect you know it's like okay we're stuck in a grocery store well every grocery store has a pane glass window front and this is no different and then they have to solve for that problem and and you know there's this thin veneer of this store separating you from total chaos yeah untold terrors yes untold terrors and um it just works Every part of this movie just just works really well. And I would even go so far as to say that with a few small exceptions, this does what Tremors does, which is provides a perfect summation. Anything it brings into the story, it then concludes in a satisfactory way. There's no superfluous details so much. Um, There are a few here and there. I think the only thing I would point to is there's some open-endedness to it like you don't know what happens to some people yes and that's fine uh for me because because it's the mist you know it's supposed to be mysterious 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 right um and yeah i i totally agree this this movie is and not only not only all those things but it's accessible for a much broader audience than most horror um, I yeah. think that because this is mostly a drama with monsters, uh, it opens itself up to a much wider audience. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, it's, it's great. Yeah. So glad the, one of the 
rare situations where we agree perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Another area that we agree perfectly on is nightchannels.com. Night Channels is where you, you can get some fantastic, unique genre wear. Um, they specialize in horror, metal, occult, alternative, and uh, literature. Shirts um, and hoodies. Prints of, you know, on shirts and hoodies. Um, and if you go to nightchannels.com and just browse, I guarantee you're going to find something that you want. And when you do, use code HMT at checkout to get 13% off, the scariest percentage. That's right. We call that the Night Channels Challenge. All you do is just just hop on the site, take a look around, and then, you know, then close it out. See if you're if you don't come back. You will. And when you do that, HMT code is going to save you some dough. Yeah. It's really fun to browse because it's got the ones you expected like Alien and, you know, some of the hard-hitting horror movies, but alternative artwork not just the same poster you see every time but also some real deep cuts like vampiros lesbos you know and some like obscure b movie cult classics yeah so yeah go check them out at nightchannels.com we really appreciate them and we want you to appreciate them too also another sponsor is shutter.com you probably know what shutter.com is it's a horror movie streaming service it's basically the netflix of horror um if you go to shutter.com and use code hmt at checkout or when you sign up you'll get a 30-day free i said free trial to shutter.com and that's way better than their regular seven-day free trial um, lots of good stuff on shutter.com. Some, some movies you're not going to find streaming elsewhere and lots of, uh, tons of originals, originals. Yeah, yeah, tons of originals. If you haven't hopped on to shutter and, uh, and watched channel zero, uh, uh, the, the show over there or creep show, man, you're, you're missing out on some primo, uh, streaming horror content. And, you know, they they like to call themselves the Netflix of horror, and they aren't kidding. You you're mm-hmm. not going to find any fluff in among all, all the uh, the offerings over at Shutter.com. And when you enter HMT, you do get that 30 day free trial to test it out. And you know that's how confident they are that uh, that their stuff is going to be up to snuff, and that you're going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this commercials and you're starting to get bothered by how long they're taking, you should know that you don't have to. That's on you. Uh, we have a certain tier on Patreon where we cut out all the commercials and also release it, release the episode as early as we edit it. Um, so check us out on patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Um, if you are looking for a horror movie talk logo to you, go to our shop on horror movie talk.com slash shop. Also, if you love the artwork that it is attached to our episodes, check out Dustin Gobel on instagram his handle is at dgobel00 at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 on instagram he takes commissions and uh he is probably too affordable to be honest and he's very busy so um uh it's questionable questionable about whether or not you're going to be able to book him so i don't even i don't even know if you should bother but you know what you should bother doing is uh, taking a look at his stuff mm-hmm. and and, uh, and uh, follow him on Instagram. Yeah. 
If you want to leave us a voicemail, if you have any questions or comments, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers! Uh, I had cereal right before we started recording, and then it just fucks up my mucus. And it's just like, don't drink milk before Kids, you start recording. Don't do milk. Um, first off, I want to talk about my my ad. What is it about interdimensional portals in movies where it's always worse? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean... Do you ever see, like, an interdimensional portal where you, like, you look on the other side and, like, hey, look, everyone's fed in, in the world, and there's world peace, and, and I'm much happier and, and wealthier. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, everything. <laughs> Just once. It's like uh, it's like when um, when Homer gets that time-traveling toaster, and he right. keeps on <laughs> heading into different dimensions, and they keep getting more and more messed up, and then he gets to that one where he's rich and... Pass me the donuts. What are donuts? What are donuts? <laughs> and then he runs away, and then it starts raining donuts. <laughs> oh, it's raining again. Yeah, I guess that's the one circumstance in which in which it's better. Simpsons did it. Man, that'd be a great movie idea. Have a internet dimensional portal open up, and it's like better in every single way. Yeah. And you like kill yourself in that dimension, and then you fuck up the entire world. Hell yeah! Just by your presence. Well, I mean, that's just another dimension. Just, just. Folding in on itself. Right. Doesn't not, none of it really matters. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Speaking uh, of none of it really matters, this movie is super nihilistic. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's dark. but I, I don't know. I mean it's I think it's it's oh, not pfft. I don't think it's really there until the very end where it really seals the deal. Well, the whole thing is, I mean, it's so uh, macabre in its approach toward, like, religion. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's it's not a not not heavy handed when it comes to religion. Here's your options. Uh, Be religious and um, and be an asshole or and be fine or be religious and be like, "Ah, I think God's okay," and get eaten. Like it's con- the movie's constantly trying to prove how just callous and horrible the world is. Like this is a very nihilistic movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a. There's not a lot of hope throughout mm-hmm. the movie, but I mean, this is the horror genre, so yeah. You know, it's not supposed to be sunshine and lollipops. No, and but somehow this doesn't is doesn't manage to be a super dark feeling no. movie, you know it kind of feels light and breezy up until the end right i mean it feels like a, a regular you know tonal movie until i mean until the very end then it's like fuck you yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so the movie starts out with this big storm uh breaks um the guy's house you know, the character that Thomas Jane plays. Hold on. David Drayton's house. David. Wow, that's a hard one to remember. Mm. Um, and um, his boathouse is flattened by his neighbor's tree that fell down. 
and uh, it has a very it starts out like impressively believable in how this family acts and how like it treats these neighbor disputes i love super passive aggressive it's super passive aggressive but also it doesn't commit to being to being douchey Right. right. So it sets up this expectation of like, oh, well, the thing the thing fell on our, uh, you know, our neighbor's tree fell on our boathouse. Like a super first world problem, by the way. Like, oh, no, a tree fell on our boathouse. OK, um, but um, it's a horrible boating accident. And they're like, well, what's you? Oh, good luck getting any money out of him. And it kind of establishes that their neighbor sued them last year. And, um, and I so, can't remember. Did it say what the, he sued him about? I don't recall, but I do know that it it sets you up as the audience to be like, "Oh, this guy's a real jerk." And then he goes over, talks to him a little bit, and he turns out to be a real jerk. But then, well, I mean, you see, uh, that's the, one of the best parts is that he goes over to talk him, talk to him, and you can see the hackles are already risen. Yeah, like oh, this fucking guy. But it's not ever. I mean, I see more extreme neighbor. Um, interactions on TikTok, sure, of just like insane neighbors. This is a pretty run of the mill asshole neighbor interaction. But yeah, but not all, even only that. It's he's so the hackles are risen, risen at the start, but then he acts like a regular person. He's like, hey man, you know, like, hey, your car got totaled. I'm sorry about that. And then boom, the wall right. is down, and they're both like, they're just two guys being like, okay, cool, let's let's work together. To like get through this, right? And th- and the fact that they don't go hard into this, like I'm an asshole. That's my character. That's uh, and and they stick to that kind of thing. Everybody, with the exception of the religious lady, is uh, multifaceted and right. a real person. Right. Yeah. The one place where it goes heavy handed is the religious lady. Yeah. Yeah. She's- and it. But it's 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 one of those things where you. You accept it because it's a movie, you know, it's like uh, we got to add something to this. And there's a shorthand that you can use to kind of create drama. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they're sitting there after the um, after the storm and there's a brief moment where they look over the lake and there's mist on the lake. And I love how they treated this. too. Because it's like, huh? Mist, huh? Like, where do you think that comes from? And it goes like one beat further than a normal person would take it. And the guy's like, what am I, a weatherman? Like, (laughs) why are we talking about this mist so much? It's mist. Yeah. Anyways, to town we go. Look at that. Okay, bye. (laughs) And there's like, um, they talk briefly about this military base in the mountains where there's rumors surrounding it. There's a mysterious project and people are talking about UFOs and aliens and conspiracy theories. It's such a throwaway line while they're in the car. He's like, do you know anything about this military base? What do they do up there? And he's like, oh, you know, open portals to other dimensions. And it's so throwaway that I didn't even catch it. And I've seen the movie multiple times. Oh, was that one of the things that he threw out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they get to the store and um so I mean the setup is happens pretty quick. Like they they get to the store, lots of townspeople are there, they're all shopping for supplies. It's all very believable setup. Right. It's just it's all 
Very believable. Yeah, it's all normal, which, everyday life. Which we can probably credit to Stephen King, right? Right, right. And then all of a sudden, there's chaos outside, and the uh, the character Dan Miller comes in, runs in with a bloody nose as the harbinger, and this is this is another, like, I don't know. It's a great way to set it up. He just screams it out, you know, uh, something in the mist took John Lee. Yeah. And it's just this, this is the thesis statement of the movie. Like, there's something in the mist. That's right. all you have to know at this point. And we're going to hit it home. And uh, I don't know, it works. it works great for me. I was like, that's a pretty great device on how to set it up. Just a, you know, your regular horror harbinger. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, every, every part of this is, is well done. And, and, you know, I, I didn't know that, um, this was the director from Shawshank right. and from Green Mile until, <clears throat> and he this, wrote it too. So until this watching, you know? Oh, really? So, so this whole time I've been like, man, whoever did that? And then I look, I look, I look up. So last night I looked up his name and I was like, oh, that's not a recognizable name for a director. I wonder if he's done anything else. <laughs> I was like, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> the green, mo- holy moly. Yeah. So he's, he, uh, he adapted it himself. So it's, he's the writer director of it. Yeah. And it's one of these situations where it's low key. This guy's just great. At what he does and probably doesn't get enough attention for how good he is at I'm, adapting I'm sure Stephen gets, King stuff. I'm sure he gets invited over to dinner at Stephen King's house. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, did you know that Stephen King's um, policy on um, selling rights to like short stories? It's probably yes. He, <laughs> he I, I don't know if there's a caveat where you have to be like a new film director or something but he will sell you the rights to any short story for like a dollar that's what i said if you adapt it what did i say okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that i mean that look i i have a lot of i i don't i don't enjoy stephen king uh or his writing necessarily i do really love his work ethic Mm -hmm. and his take on art right which is like just do it just do the thing right just do that and and it's like and he doesn't stand in the way of people taking his work, you know, new pe- yeah, it's like yeah. no do it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Or, and if it isn't, fuck it. Who cares? What's amazing is like yeah, he just pumps out so much, but he's got he's a great storyteller obviously. Obviously. Like every time his work gets adapted, it's like by Stephen King. Yeah. It's like there's always kind of a seal of, of approval in the horror community was like, Oh, this is Stephen King. Yeah. Um, also it's kind of weird. It f- feels like every time I go on, um, IMDB trivia that it all always says like Stephen King, watched this movie and approved of it. <laughs> like he really was, he thought it was very scary. Must- There's so many movies where Stephen yeah. King, like Signed it's off. almost like <laughs> Fangoria or some horror movie. Got like a dedicated a, a dude journalist, there, yeah, watching Stephen King watch things and be like, "Do you like it?" And uh, that little head tick means he didn't like it. And he's just effusive with praise. I never heard like a, a trivia item where it's like Stephen King thought this movie fucking sucked, right? 
Yeah, I don't think he does. I don't think he thinks many things suck. Yeah. Um, I just I just rewatched Misery on HBO, and it's like crushingly good. Yeah. Anyway, so so the Harbinger comes, and then um, the mist rolls in um, in a pretty great scene, and people are running away from it. You don't know why, but you know, like if you're uh, shit. <laughs> I won't say that. Whoa. If you're if you're if you ever see someone running towards you, the logical thing is just to run away with them. Yeah. Like you don't you know I gotta be faster than this guy. Yeah. Apparently. Um <laughs> so the mist rolls in and all you hear is like screaming. And there's this this real great moment where um Billy, David's son, like just really believable believably shudders and like buries his head into his dad's shoulder and there's like a lot of these little moments that are just like micro yeah micro moments that really sell what's going on and that was one of them of like oh this is terrifying to this little kid and no one knows what's going on but they're like um i don't know why the mist is bad but I'm not going to go out there yeah, and can, I'm not going to comment on why I'm not going out there. Yeah. You, you can go do that. My mind is racing. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, um, chauvinistic, uh, kind of tendencies are the first thing to get quashed. You know, uh, when, uh, when the generator in the back starts having some problems and the fellas all head back there and they're like, Oh, I just got to, well, it's the exhaust is covered by something, mm-hmm. which implies a few things like, number one, that something is covering the exhaust. Something's in the mist. So, yeah. Something's up there, like uh-huh. on top of the building, right. covering the exhaust, which once you get further into the movie and you look back at this, you're like, oh, so there's some intelligence there mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, but then also they're like, hey, I, hey, don't be a pussy. Get out there and do it. Do the thing. And the kid's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do the thing. Shut up. It was my idea. I want to go do the thing. I want to go do it. I want to go, you know, remove the thing off the exhaust. And then I'm like, dude, I don't think you get it. Maybe you shouldn't. Hey, remember, shut up, pussy. Remember all the screaming when the mist rolled in and then the sudden silence? No. Oh, yeah. No, wait. Yeah, I do. Well, I'm going to go out there and unblock this. So, yeah, they, they're in the back and they open up the... The rolling, you know, what do you call that? Yeah, the rolling uh, gateway. Yeah, it's the uh, the folding door. Yeah, like a garage door kind of thing. And I didn't know this until I read the trivia, but that effect where the mist was just staying outside of the door. So cool. That's practical. Sure. Yeah, it looked practical to me. It looked like a like a air pressure thing. Yeah, it was like they just adjusted the temperature and and air pressure enough to where it would just kind of have stasis they sit there yeah Mm -hmm. it was very cool very cool it seems like a thing that like well they just did that with cg yeah i can see you thinking that right then but immediately uh if you were paying attention to the rest of the cg you realized oh they were not capable of (laughs) producing that level of high quality cg yeah very quickly they're uh approached by tentacles 
a tentacle monster, and this kid is like brutally just savaged, savaged and eaten up by the tentacle monster, and they're fighting tentacles and tentacle tentacles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they cut off one, so it's sitting there, and they close the door, and they're like, "Well, we shan't be doing that again." <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and they managed to cut off a piece of tentacle right which which is, to me is like that should be the lead when you approach anyone else is like so i got a tentacle in the come place. back here and look at this fucking tentacle yeah you don't start with an explanation yeah. of well the bag boy's dead no you go there's a tentacle back here and the bag boy's dead mm-hmm. but really let's like, what is this thing? Come look at this. Because they, they try to convince um, David's neighbor, first of all, which uh, I think the strategy was, he's a lawyer, he's smart, people will listen to him, so let's get him on our side. And they tell him what happens, and he's immediately like, Yeah, fuck you. You think I'm an idiot? It's the most ridiculous, stupid story I've ever heard in my life. At which point I would say, okay, please come back and look at this tentacle that we cut off. Um, and they do. But this is a movie, so they, they do don't that. do that immediately. No, not not directly. <clears throat> right. Um, one of the things I found out was that Frank Darabont wanted this to be in black and white, and that gives perspective. And I think on, on the, it says on the two-disc DVD better. Blu-ray. That would have been a much better move. There is a black and white version. And I look and I'm like, wow, this would have, re- this is one of those rare occasions where it would have a hundred percent work it would have ripped man that that i want to see that version be the real version of the movie right because you look at like the the dated cg and you know if it's in black and white it really masks it would crush it the the like color shift yeah that like never never quite fits the the light refractory that's like eh, well that's not really there it gives it, it would give an air of classiness to the indoor scenes and then it would just re i mean it it's already the way the outdoor scenes are it's well, all it's yeah. all on grayscale anyway you know it's like a something in the mist which right. is something gray looming you know right and there's just associations with black and white monster movies to oh, where yeah. it's just like oh this feels right yeah. i mean think about like Frankenstein or Creature from the Black Lagoon or anything where there's, you know, monsters about in classic horror. Yeah. It just feels right seeing it in in black and white. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I would I would love to see this mo- movie in black and white. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of one of the compromises that he had to make with the with the uh production company. So originally he uh Darabont went to I don't know if it was Paramount. Someone he was trying to get thirty million dollars for this for this movie, or he was he was offered thirty million dollars to make this movie. But the one caveat was that he would have to change the ending of the script, and that was a non-starter because that's like the whole point. Yeah, is the ending of this movie. Yeah, and I really respect uh, Frank Darabont for like sticking to his guns and saying like, no, this is. Very, very important, this ending. Yeah. Um, do you know how the Stephen King novella ends? No. So it's only implied. So in the novella, it, it basically says that he, the difference is he's in the car with, with four people, including himself instead of five. And uh, 
and he just states like, and if, you know, something goes wrong, you know, we do have these three bullets and then they just drive off into the mist and that's the end. So you're never told. And so Frank Darabon like just looks at that and like, no, we're going to take this to the darkest possible place that is implied and show it. And, uh, so he, he decided not to take the $30 million and then he, he, uh, got, uh, half that amount from the Weinsteins. Um, that's problematic. Yeah. Um, with the, you know, stipulation that no matter what, he was not going to change the ending, but he was going to do it with you know half the money which is kind of impressive because i almost wonder like what what would that other 15 million dollars gone into because it works so well as it is i mean it gone into marketing i don't know oh yeah probably because yeah. i don't think this was a, a huge smash yeah so um that's all great um pretty quickly the society within this grocery store devolves, um, especially because of this one religious lady. And it's even set up that everyone's like, I don't know if you out-of-towners realize, but this lady is just the the town crazy. She's just the worst. Yeah. She's just the worst. And, <clears throat> you know, again, this is the where it gets heavy-handed to where, you know, it's talking about how... Um, yeah, if you scare people enough, you can convince them to do anything. So they're all terrified. They they feel hopeless. And if you have one person that's super confident and has all the answers, quote unquote, they even say this, yeah. they even mention this in the, I love, I love every aspect of this movie because they, they really lay it all out and they're all multifaceted with the exception of the religious lady. Like, like the dude who called him a pussy, who called David a pussy at the start. He's like, no, fuck you. Hey, whoa, hey, you better count your teeth every time you think about questioning me, motherfucker. Like immediately once he's proved wrong and there's a thing in the mist, he's like, oh, shit, shit. I am on your side, buddy. I am sorry I ever questioned you. This thing where where characters aren't committed as characters, except for the religious lady. And then this <laughs> thing where they they go, ah, and the the real reason I love this movie is because it does it it plays to the the thing I'm most scared of, which is society right. crumbling. <laughs> I know. I was watching this and I was like, "This is right up David's alley." Oh, it's uh, look. It's it's exactly true. This is exactly how something <laughs> like this would work. I mean, it's even quotes specifically like words that I've heard you say. Yeah, it's like yeah. There's, I mean, you take away. The power and and food after a couple days, fuck you. Yeah, it's literally kill or be killed. Yeah, it's like, oh, you have something I want, or even worse, I need to eat you. Like, it's things get crazy mm-hmm. and society. There's a very thin veneer that's between us and and nuts. Yeah, I think the probably the least believable thing about this movie is how quickly people like join up to this religious lady side. There's not a lot of like in between like okay this lady's crazy and then sorry about that. And then um eventually like working people over it. I mean it kind of does. It does it in shorthand, but it is pretty extreme of like it's the same thing with the shining where 
Oh. Uh, well, they're there alone for three days, and then he goes insane. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, they've been there a week. Is it? Are you really going to go insane that quickly from, you know, isolation? Right. Probably I mean, not, but it's more interesting if you do. I... Uh, all of that is 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 just i mean it's just like a, a it's a question of time passage right and it's like who cares right you know like to me i just go okay well a, a week has passed or something like that like can we just skip all that right and just yeah i mean it's a it, point it's fine we're watching a movie and it's very obvious that we're watching a movie right you know yeah um the realism is there just to give credibility and to you know give the table stakes of suspending your disbelief for a little bit right and then it it delivers um so eventually you know there's there's two factions there's several time with times where there's two factions yeah, first yeah. first is the the uh the people that believe something's in the mist versus those that don't um which is questionable because if you don't believe anything's in the mist why would you stay in there for any length of time at all. And the answer is, you don't want to believe there's right. things in the mist, but you do believe there's things right. in the mist. So it's just like, you're just trying to delude yourself and argue against people. You, no, 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 it's not the, it's not bad. Right. It's just not good. Right. It's like, no, it's bad. So, um, so then a, a faction, including the, the neighbor, decide that like, fuck this store. We're going to go out in the mist. You guys are all deluded. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing out there. Yeah. Bye. And then um, one of them is like, I can make it to this guy's truck to get a shotgun and, I love and be back. Guy. And there's this moment where they're like, "Here we go. We'll just tie this tie this rope to me, you know, and you know, we'll make it. We'll see how far out <laughs> I can make it. Yeah. Far how far out it's safe. And that's a great." like device because of course you know exactly what's gonna happen i mean i i mean you you do i i constantly hold out hope yeah you know i'm always like maybe the t-rex won't eat him this time Uh you know you know like (laughs) maybe the guy just takes a shit and he's fine right (laughs) yeah maybe he's just sitting in the hut and everything the lawyer makes Mm -hmm. it um there's a great um crocodile dundee-esque moment where the the little guy takes out his pocket knife and is like here take this and the guy takes out his like giant bowie knife and they don't say anything about it there's just a look Mm -hmm. that's like oh right yeah who's your favorite character in this i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm i'll ask this question after you finish uh wrapping up this scene so yeah um so he takes out his knife and so he's he's ready to go and then they they um you know string him out he makes it Something like 200 feet out there. And then all of a sudden, the, the rope, like, instantly... Goes up like, into the air. <laughs> through yeah. their hands. The, the rope goes up to, like, a 45-degree angle. And right. you're like, whoa, what? And it's getting, like, just... It, it would be like if if you threw out a piano from a from an airplane and we're trying to hold on to, a, like, a, you know, quarter-inch nylon rope. It's like when Jaws grabs the hook. Yeah. And just... Um, and then this is the this is the one part where like it ruins my suspension of disbelief oh moments like this to where i'm like okay there's this huge coil of rope that's uncoiling and and going through people's hands and i'm like does no one know how leverage works like wrap 
that around something. Oh. Wrap it around a pole. Yeah, tie the end to something. Yeah. It's like, does no one know what a pulley is? Anyways. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I don't think they, uh, I mean, you know, the, the counter to that is. It's in the moment. Well, they didn't yeah. know. Like, how could they have known what the stakes were? Right. Well, I mean, even, I'm just saying, like, if the rope is, like, increasingly trying, like, yeah. getting pulled through the door, someone in the store should look at that coil of rope and be like, I should probably just wrap this around one of these uh, checkout poles. And finally, they get a hold of the rope. They get mm-hmm. they get it under control, and they pull it back. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, completely covered with blood once they get to the end of it. And it's the dude's lower half. <laughs> the dude's lower half. Yeah, it's his, it's his balls and butt. Yeah. And his legs. The most feet. important part. Mm. The most important part survived. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll grow back as all the rest of that. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in this movie? Um. Yeah, that's that's kind of hard to say. I mean, the obvious one is is David Drayton, the the protagonist. Sure, that's the obvious one, but I'm I'm not talking about him. Um, I really like Ollie Weeks, the little guy. I love Ollie Weeks. Yeah, I love him, the little the little grocery store attendant dude, because mm-hmm. he's got so many he's got so many things you don't know about him. Yeah, he's a secret badass. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I was a, uh, you know, target Sharp, shooter, sharpshooter, sharp uh, state champion back yeah. in '94, and so he's he wields the little uh, thirty-eight special, and w- to astonishing, yeah, it's like if Piglet was Rambo. Yeah, it's badass. <laughs> You're like, and he's and he's rational, and he's calm. And, you know, but he, he like, he drinks a beer with the boys, you know, when it's like, when shit gets real, he's like, I, I need a drink, you know? It's, yeah. I, I haven't seen this fella in other stuff. Oh, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. Toby Jones, I recognized him. Um, Toby Jones is the actor. Um, he was in, like, the Captain America movies as one of the villains, the Dr. Zola. Okay. Um, but he's, like, a character actor yeah. that's in lots of stuff. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, you know, he's in a lot of, like, British stuff, but you might recognize him from Captain America. I guess he was the, the voice of Dobby in Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a huge list of roles. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's probably, like, the most interesting character of, like, yeah, just kind of an unassuming guy. You assume it's going to be this, you know, wallflower type character. Of, yeah. Like, oh, he's just a little guy. Yeah. And yeah. he is, but he's more than that, right? You know, just right. like a normal person would be. Right. Um you 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 make assumptions about who someone is and and what they are and and it's to an extent you're right. Yeah. But also you're missing a whole person and and he's a whole person. I love that. Yeah. Um kind of the next shift is it's at night and they're like you know the the power is out so they've got all these flashlights and stuff and all of a sudden these bugs start flying into the window these giant like torso sized mosquitoes wasps yeah wasps because yeah. they've got like stingers it's like a wasps wasp slash scorpion hybrid um insect yeah it's very creepy <clears throat> and it reminded me of the of the moth joke 
you ever see the Norm Macdonald moth joke? It's Maybe. it's like a street joke, so it's but Norm did a really yeah. famous version on Conan. Yeah, I vaguely remember. This. <laughs> Should I tell it? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I don't know. Can you can you do you think you can pull it off? Yeah. Okay. So a wasp walks into the podiatrist's office. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, podiatrist's office. A foot doctor. Uh-huh. And he, and the doctor says, So what what can I help you with? And the moth goes, Oh, Doc. The wasp says. The uh, moth. Oh, okay. sorry. The moth says, like, Doc, I'm I'm doing real bad. Real bad. Um, I just lost my son in the war. And my wife, she seems like a stranger to me. I, I no longer love her. And, and my daughter, she has no respect for me. She just sees me as a, a husk of a man. And I just go to work and... And go through the motions. I, I don't know what my life is about. Um, I look at my ambitions and and what I wanted to be, and and look at what I am now, and I don't recognize the man in the mirror. And the, so Norm goes on for like another ten minutes yeah. of this. It's sad. And uh, so I'll cut it short. The just goes, "Wow, I mean that's." That sounds awful. I feel real bad for you, but I mean, I gotta ask you a question. Like, wh- why did you come to me? You should go see a therapist. And the moth says, "The light was on." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like <laughs> they're sitting there, like shining flashlights through the window, and all these insects are starting to like jump onto the window, and I'm like. Um, do people not know how insects work? <laughs> I know. Stop shining the fucking light out the window. If Bryce had been in this grocery store, he'd tell this 10 minute long wa- moth <laughs> joke while they're being inundated with moths. Yeah. He'd been like, did you never hear the moth joke? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they make all the wrong decisions and turn on like all the lights, like turn on the generator and turn on these giant like floodlights and they're like. This'll help. We got it. It seems like we got to make like, sure we can see these bugs. Seems like they like the light. <laughs> and so and the wasps wasps attract, the wasps the wasps <laughs> attract uh, uh bird-like creatures that are like here to eat the wasps. Watch for wasps. Watch for wasps. Oh, I should get that clip. Uh, Damn, why didn't I think of that? I'll pull it up. Here you go ahead. Watch for wasps. Um so yeah, then bigger bugs, bigger flying things fly into the window and break through, yeah, and then like there's just birds. utter chaos. And I love, <laughs> I love, um, <laughs> you don't see this very often. There's there's two things that, that happen in this movie that I don't think I've um, ever seen, which is the uh, the guy that like is going to use like a flaming stick. And just immediately catches on fire. He's like, how do I hold this gasoline? And he like falls down and immediately gets consumed by fire and, you know, runs away. And that's like a. That's the thing that actually happened. Right. That That's kind of interesting because it's kind of like quicksand where you're like, I kind of assume that this exists way more than it does just from movies and TV. Like, 
it's pretty rare that you're going to get caught in quicksand. It felt like it was inevitable when you're a kid. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like people engulfed in flame running running away. It's like that seems like that's an everyday occurrence according to movies. Well, according to crazy fucking videos on Reddit, that happens all the time. <laughs> Just dummies lighting themselves on fire, lighting their drink on fire or something like that. And right. Just being but, engulfed in flame. Yeah. There's one thing where you're like, yeah, your your face is engulfed in flame from alcohol that you like are too drunk to respect. But then there's like entirely engulfed in flame. And I think the answer is like, that's a thing that stunt people do. Yeah. You know, you just hire them to do that. Yeah. Well, you cover them in, you cover them in goo, make yeah. sure they don't actually burn on fire. But the one difference that this movie has that I don't think I've seen in any other movie is that that guy that's engulfed in flame, he survives and you see him later horribly burned and, and mutilated. That was a bad idea. It's usually just like <laughs> the guy on fire, like waving his arms up and down and then he just walks out of camera and you never see him again this time you're like hey you know that people that are engulfed in flame that's a horrible horrible death yeah look yeah look at them burned you know and you know that's that's a real good point like all the bad ideas in that that they have in this movie are shown to be bad ideas right you know it's yeah. not like you get away with just blasting like let me just i started blasting um you 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 filled a a mop container full of kerosene and that's a fucking how horrible idea um, yeah people yeah that's that's the one thing that um really helps with your enjoyment of movies if you watch like actual videos of people being extremely dumb yeah you're like oh yeah that's that's dumb that's dumb. Like, I would never do that because I have, you know, at least a median intelligence. Right. But you watch on crazy fucking videos the lady filling a grocery bag with gas. And then tying it together and putting it in her trunk. And it's obviously, like, leaking right out of the bottom from a hole. <sighs> Here, Here's a little here's a little clip uh, that, that'll... That, teach you how to watch for wasps uh this is from your mom's house here you go i just want to let all y'all know out there watch for waspies because they'll sting you and then you look like me <laughs> but it's hot today so make sure you drink water okay have a good have a good one. Watch for waspus. Yeah, this dude's face is super swollen. Yeah, he looks like a like a Whovillian. Watch for waspus. <laughs> Drink water. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best part of of uh, your mom's house is when they review like the TikTok videos. Oh yeah, they just have the most crazy people there. Um. So yeah the the one important thing that happens during this invasion of the insects is that the religious lady like basically prays to god while the one of these waspus is on her and uh it just goes free like it doesn't sting her at all which adds like a certain level of uncertainty of like well what does that mean wait a minute how's this work yeah suddenly you know a circum or uh, what do you call it? coincidence is is chalked up to uh, you don't divine intervention from God and and we're watching a movie so it's like well maybe that's the point <laughs> right maybe the lady is right right um but 
no, she's not, because she's portrayed as, you know, the evil villain. And eventually, you know, it really seals the deal when she's demanding human sacrifice. There's some real great... That's the, that's the other thing, is like, uh, it takes two days before they start <laughs> getting a mob hu- demanding human sacrifice. Like, I get what you're doing, but yeah, that that wouldn't really happen, would it? Uh, I mean... It's my contention that it's not far from the truth. You know, I mean, three days, you know, like, okay, maybe not two, but maybe three. Yeah, it, And it depends on who's there. You know, I mean, some people are truly unbearable. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you were stuck in a certain place um, with a certain person, it might only take eight hours for you to become homicidal. Right. You know, look at, uh, you know, look at the, the one of the last places we worked. <laughs> Yeah, but we stayed there for so long. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so this is the moment. There's several moments in this movie where I'm like, it's great, but also you see these characters go, all right. So everyone that goes out there never returns. Get this. What if we go out what there? What if we go? <laughs> Also, they're attracted to light, so let's make sure to take flashlights. Let's turn on our our Toyota Land Cruiser with <laughs> thirteen lights on the front of it. But they go they go first to the pharmacy to like get you know anti what do you call it? Yeah, medicine, biotics. Yeah, medicine. I love the creature design on these spiders. Yeah, it's particularly the the webs that they shoot, mm-hmm. and it falls just like a web would. Yeah, but it's it's like horrifically toxic. It's yeah. like alien blood. Yeah, alien blood, xenomorph blood. So yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> that's the one moment where I'm like, just everyone witnesses how horrible this mist is, and they just eventually gets to a point where they're like. Yeah, so let's go out there in the mist. <laughs> Get this. How about we just go out there? <laughs> and that's like the plan. There's not really anything else other than, no, we could probably make it. <laughs> well, I mean, you can chalk, I chalk that up to like, I don't want to be around, thi- like it, anything's better than being around this bitch anymore. Right, you know? yeah, there, there's that. So, um, I, I don't remember what this bullet point is. I wrote down, I hear something. Something fucking... Oh, I think that's a quote. I hear something. Something fucking, something fucking weird. <laughs> something fucking weird out there. <laughs> Which is great. Um, I always have to point out the spear moment. Yeah. In movies. Well, you do, because they're few and far between, you know? Yeah. yeah. But they're always super effective. Like, because I mean, there's, a, you know, things with stingers coming in. Or, or knives, and the guy with the spear keeps them at a distance. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And they're amateurs. I mean... With little experience holding spears, but it's super effective. Look, I will I will concede um, that, you know, a spear is a good weapon in certain circumstances. Um, you know, when you're fighting off big, singular mm-hmm. monsters, like a giant spider, mm-hmm. it works. And if they're kind of like, you know, crawling around... The, but if you got like, I don't know, you know, if you got zombies, I just think of it. That's a better option and more ubiquitous. Mm. Um, there's a so eventually they make it back. Like every time they go out, they lose half the people that go with them. <laughs> it's like again, they're like, okay, so it didn't work out last time, but this time. But what if 
we go out into the mist. <laughs> get an un- a dog with an untwistable stomach. <laughs> so, um, they the finally David like recruits the the his well he, he takes his son and four other people, and they run out to his Bronco, and of course lose half the people in yeah. the process. And they uh, there's a Land Cruiser. What what did you say it yeah, was? It's a Land Cruiser. Um, out to his Land Cruiser with a billion lights on it and start driving away. It's an awesome truck. They go to his house and find out that his wife died, which is not really shocking revelation. And then decide to go like, well, let's just start driving. Let's see how far this gas tank gets us. Yeah. And they drive until they go on empty. There's a real great um, like Jurassic Park moment where the giant leviathan walks by and i i had the jurassic park theme in my head they do move in herds (laughs) and then you're like i just want to let all y'all know out there watch for waspus watch for waspus yeah that was the one moment where i was semi-disappointed in the creature design of that giant beast really like I don't know. Like the it had like tentacles like teats. Yeah, it <laughs> just had hanging like off of phalanges it. coming yeah. off of the bottom. I love I love that moment. That moment is that's the crowning achievement of this movie. Yeah. Um it's like a fucking blue oyster cult cover. It's just crazy. It's just bonkers. You're mm-hmm. like, What? More cowbell. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the fuck is that? And then you're like, oh, it's a blue oyster call. Um, um, yeah, it's it's a great moment. And then they're sitting in this truck and, and the ending. This is like probably what this movie is most known for is the ending. Because I know going into it, I knew the ending. And I just assumed the entire movie was going to be a mysterious mist. And they don't really ever know what's out there. One and of it's the like, most crushing endings. Yeah. I mean, like this... So much about the ending of this movie reminds me of Apocalypse Now. Every, everything about it, like the flamethrowers, the desperation, <laughs> like the total, the total, like, d- like loss of, of faith in humanity, like, just like, oh, yeah, it can be good for other people, not for us. Right. Like, it's bad now. Yeah. Things are bad. So, yeah, what happens if you don't know? Um is they have the gun with them and enough bullets to kill all of them but one. And so David decides that he'll be the one that shoots everyone and he'll figure out, you know, how to kill himself. Including his his son. Including the son. I mean, his son first. And that's like, oh, God, they really sell this moment as, like, as stark and, like, as stark and like nihilistic as they could possibly make it because you're shown the kid like waking up and looking towards his father, which you know is like holding a gun towards him. Imagine waking up and seeing your dad hold a pointing a gun at your head. And then, yeah, I mean, no, for me, that's pretty bully. (laughs) And then it goes to the outside and you just see like the muzzle flashes and and the sound and, Thomas Jane, the guy that plays David, just really sells this moment. This is, like, done perfectly. Like, the despair... Really crushes your soul. Yeah, the despair and just, like, um, regret and, you know, 
like all that is sold a hundred percent and he gets out of the car and he's like you know come get me you motherfuckers and they don't and then all of a sudden squeak 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 tank rolls up and the mist like pretty much immediately dissipates <laughs> the military has like they've got their- torched ev- all the all the nests and stuff they and demystify everything yeah and uh yeah and so he's just left there his wife's dead he just killed his son like yeah. at that point i'd just throw myself underneath the tank trucks. oh my god are you kidding it would be like oh I, well i just yeah it- yeah so it's um pretty intense the uh the end of the movie and and it really puts a cap on it. Go out there. Watch for waspies. So who would like this movie? Like I said, I, I think this really opens itself up to a, a pretty wide audience. I think if, if you if you like The Green Mile, if you like Shawshank, this is easy, 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 breezy, um, good movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, not easy breezy necessarily, but it's an easy choice. Um, it's challenging in the same ways as Green Mile and Shawshank. It it focuses on humanity at its worst and at its best. And uh and, you know, that's the the, the human condition is is the thing that uh that I enjoy most about horror movies, you know, is mm-hmm. looking at uh, it through a lens of um the extremes. So Yeah. All right, moving on, let's go to our game. Don't blank on the blank. So this game is based on the fact that so many horror movies are just two word titles. The Mist. The something. Yeah. The, the Mist. The Others. Yeah. The Thing. The A. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So you get the f- you get half of the title. The Blob. The. <laughs> oh. And you have to guess the other half based on the uh, description. Okay. Okay. So we got 10. Wow. Okay. But these should go quick. All right. Number one. Just one point per. One point per. Okay. No way to get an extra point. Okay. Um, Okay. 12 strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. The hunt. Is it the hunt? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't read all these. Um, (laughs) Number two. One for one. An ancient Egyptian princess is awakened from her crypt beneath the desert, bringing with her malevolence grown over millennia and terrors that defy human comprehension. Is it uh, the mummy? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Soon after a stranger... Is that the Tom Cruise one? That's the Tom Cruise one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Soon after a stranger arrives in a little village, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman drawn into the incident is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. Okay, go slower. Read that one again. Soon after a stranger arrives in a little village, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman drawn into the incident is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. And there's only two letters, two words in there. The blank. I'll give you a clue. It's a foreign film. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it feels kind of like The Wicker Man, but I know it ain't. Um, 
Um, um, the sickness. The whaling. Oh, okay. I think that's from Korea. Two for three. Yeah. Okay. A woman who lives in her darkened old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that the home is haunted. Wait, is that is that from North Korea or South Korea? <laughs> the, the whaling is that. I'm pretty sure it's South. Because North would have something about the glorious leader. Ah, um, so a lady in a house with photosensitive children, that's got to be the others. Correct. Nicole Kidman. All right, four, no, three for four. Yes. So you're doing good. Yeah. A monster emerges from Seoul's Han River and begins attacking people. One victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches. Okay. The, oh man, I, I can think of the poster of this. Um, another uh, Korean movie questionable about North or South. Well, um, Seoul is in South Korea. Yeah, but the, it might be the North Koreans trying. Could to be port- North Seoul pro- trying to portray the South. Oh, uh, like, right, right, right. Like these oh, are look. the these are the horrors that present you if you leave our <laughs> glorious leader. Oh no, capitalism! Run. <laughs> <laughs> the capitalist. <laughs> I, 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 everything about this is on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't remember. Give up. Yeah. The host. I never would have gotten that. So good. Three for five. Okay. Um, yeah, most of these are pretty easy and, and I think it gets hard now. Well, after this one, it gets hard. Uh, mysterious deaths surround an American ambassador. Could the child that he is raising actually be the antichrist, the devil's own son? This has got to be the omen. Correct. Okay. Four. Okay, so you only need to get two more to win. Okay. A fortune teller with extrasensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has mysteriously disappeared. A fortune teller with extrasensory perception is asked to help find a young woman Mm -hmm. who went missing? Mm -hmm. That's all I get. Yep. I'm going to buy for time here. Can you read it one more time? A fortune teller with extrasensory perception is asked to help find a young woman who has mysteriously disappeared. Bravo. Um, That's the fun thing about these is how innocuous the titles are. Is, <laughs> it's like, is this a popular movie? Is this one I would re- recall? Um, I mean, I recognize the title. I don't know how popular it was. It came out in 2000. I'm going to say The Missing. The gift. Damn. Um, this one's impossible. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Um, so you're at five no, right I'm now. At, I'm at four. I thought the omen put you at five. That put me at four. Oh, okay, four. Um, okay. In a small town in Arizona, a mysterious man slash spirit descends from the sky and manifests in a sports car and targets local violent road racing gang of motorheads. Headed by a ruthless bully, he'll do anything to get what he wants. <laughs> uh, is this one about a car? I mean, that's it says he manifests in a sports car. I'll give you a clue. It's 1986. 
And I've now I've likely not heard of this. Likely. The sports car. The wraith. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, there's okay. no possible way. A deadly entity from space crashes near a small town and begins consuming everyone in its path. Panic ensues as shady government scientists try to contain the horrific creature. Gotta be the blob. Wow, you got it. Bingo. The blob. I thought that one was going to be super vague, but consuming is the key, I guess. Yeah, I know. And the, and the shady scientists. All right, so it's this is your last chance to win. You're at five. I mean, technically, we should stop at nine because that's an odd number. So, But yeah, go ahead. After a strange and insecure plane crash, an in, unusual... Insecure? Yeah, insecure. That's a weird... Strange and insecure plane crash. An unusual toxic virus enters a quaint farming town. A young couple, a young couple are quarantined, but they fight for survival along with help from a couple of people. <laughs> um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the crazy. You got it. Hey. You win. Ding, 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 ding. Hooray. All right. So that was don't blank on the blank. I did good. All right. So let's uh, move on to our voicemail. Let's do it. And if you like, guys would like to get a hold of the show, you can call us at 682 uh, some other numbers. So, yeah, 682-253-4468. Here is horror movie. All right, this one will listen. This is uh, Brendan from Las Vegas. So I've been watching a lot of uh, movies related to cannibalism lately, and, you know, I read a story. medical purposes and he decided to cook it and serve it to some willing friends and so my question to you guys is would you guys be willing to eat your own foot or your friend's foot or any part of the body for that matter properly have a great day so yeah, to fill in the blanks, it, it, there's a little bit of a connection issue, but I, I gathered what he was saying. So that's Brendan from Las Vegas. Yeah, Brendan from Las Vegas says there's a story where a guy had to had to amputate his foot for medical reasons, and then he cooked it and prepared it and served it to his friends. They're all willing, I assume. So the question is, would you eat your or a friend's foot if it was prepared by like a chef? Seasoned perfectly. What do you think? <laughs> um, I'd say no, mostly because it's a foot. Like if we were talking about like a thigh, yeah, I could get into that. <laughs> You're joking. I mean, a foot. It's like, have you ever had um, ever had bones? I mean, okay. Like where it's just like, it's like eating like a pig snout. Let's say you turn it it's into like, a okay. stew, a stew, you know. Yeah, do you, are you the type of person that eats pig's, pig's feet? No, look, you know, look, you just boil I, it's just, it. It's just too much cartilage and, and bones for me. Boil the out of it and make it into a stew. Then would you eat it? Nice oh, yeah, stew. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely. Okay. See, I, I think I would actually, I think I would actually have a problem with my own foot, uh, my own body part. Mm. Um, 
Although, if I was... That's how you get mad human disease, by the way. (laughs) You know, my aunt died of mad elk disease, so I don't appreciate you just making light of this. Is it mad elk? I thought it was mad cow. It's the, is there mad different species of diseases the, that I don't elk, know about? Yeah, it's the elk variant of. Uh, anywho, I'm not making light of it. I'm saying it's a serious issue that we should be concerned about. Well, um, yeah, I I, th- I think there'd be some sort of weird mental block about eating my own foot or butt or something like that. Um, but I would definitely eat yours or someone else's. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Okay, next call. Hey guys, it's Josh from Canada calling. I was just listening to the Afterpod um, for Raccoon City, and it was really nice to hear you guys open up and be honest and be emotional. Um, you know, just about where, just about everything. Um, and it really kind of hit home for me. Uh, three weeks ago, my father-in-law killed himself, and we've sort of been dealing with the ramifications from that around Christmas. And um, my partner is just just sort of beginning counseling uh, and therapy sessions for that. And um, it's just really reassuring, uh, Bryce, to hear you talk so openly and candidly about how um, you can maybe not make things better, but maybe make them a little easier and a little easier to understand. So um, anyway, I'm just trying to keep it together here. I'm hoping you guys are able to do the same. And uh, thanks for everything you do. You guys are really awesome. Well, I can't make fun of his accent now. <laughs> Jesus. Josh, thank you so much for, for calling, and, and I hope you guys are, are doing better. Um, I mean, it's just a devastating thing, and, and it's one of those things that's not uh, that kind of thing you don't get over. No. You know, it's like the best you can hope for is getting to a point where you, it's not dominating your thoughts. Yeah, life becomes vaguely normal again. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not to say you don't get over it. You get over it. Um, it's just, it's never the same, right? Yeah, I it's, mean, you, you, you're, you're you, a different person now. You gather strategies to like contextualize things and to and to accept things as as opposed to being just reeling to as opposed to just reeling from the devastation of something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you. If, one of the things we do for for patrons is is this afterpod. That's like pretty much the main thing. That's the big that's, one. That's the big one. And um, I mean, we usually after we record an episode, we would just talk with each other and catch up on lives and stuff. And so we decided, well, that's an easy thing to just leave the mics running. And we get gets pretty deep sometimes. Yeah, lately it's been there's been a lot of <clears throat> heavy hitters. So um. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of crying and hugging and like you know we we just really act like a bunch of pussies <laughs> like, yeah and, and i mean but that's but that's i think i think that's why it resonates is because people think it's not okay to be that way you know to feel to feel feelings and shit yeah and it's we get pretty vulnerable on it because we're we're best friends and you know we we care about each other and, and want to support each other and talk about this stuff and and yeah one of the things that came up last week when we recorded the afterpod was just basically therapy you know yeah and that you don't you know you don't fix everything no there there's still things that are unresolved and like things you have to live with or memories or whatever but you again you contextualize it and you 
you're able to process them um, to a point where, you know, it's not dominating your your mood or your thoughts. And uh, I mean, I still think about my dad, you know, and like we, we well, he just had his his birthday was uh, three days ago. And it was one of those where it's like, oh, man. I, I still think of how devastating the whole experience of his hospice was and, and, and doing that. And, and it's like, it is traumatic. It's it's one of those things where, like, I realize now, it's like, yeah, that was very traumatizing for me to witness. And, like, it's not like, it's like an added level of grieving to where not just losing someone, but being close and there to witness the whole thing and being like super involved in the process of a loved one passing is, is, is kind of horrifying. Yeah. And I think there's an element of when tragedy strikes, you mourn the loss of yourself. You know, you kind of go, I was, I was this, Yeah, I had some level of innocence and now it's gone from me. Right. And, um, and, but, but, there's a part about getting older where you start to accept the changes more readily and and maybe not in the moment josh you know in the moment it's very difficult but acceptance is a it's a it, it, go seek therapy for yeah. sure like yeah. if you can um please you know it's it's for your own good yeah. and uh, and you can't do it yourself i mean you can but it'll be hard it'll be unnecessarily hard let somebody else help you through it yeah it's one thing to talk about talk about things to loved ones but they also have like a relationship with you and concern for you to where there's always like a level of uh protection you know that both sides put up if you talk to a therapist they're like a true um agnostic agnostic or or passive listener that, that somehow really helps and uh, I'm sorry to hear hear that, Josh, and you know we're sending love to you and your and your partner, and um, hope you guys get through this. Next caller. Oops. Hey Bryce, hey Dave, this is John from Colorado. I've been called in a while checking in. Uh, two things. First off, you'd be surprised by this, but actually. Drought causes the most natural disaster, most human death compared to earthquakes or even sinkholes because it leads to famine. Just saying. Oh, drought. And as for the Resident Evil review, which I just got done listening to the other day, uh, I feel like the first one that they came out with, Mila Jovovich, was pretty good. If you take in the context of the prequel to the events of all the games, me and my friends have that theory. Does it make sense? If it takes place before the games, mm. kind of deal. So, what are your thoughts on that? And do natural disasters are okay? So, uh, I'll catch you guys later. I never contend that that sinkholes are the most um, destructive or um, or deadly natural disaster. Mm. I contend that sinkholes are the most terrifying natural disaster. The the body count is what makes natural disasters terrifying. They're, oh, I don't know. I mean, potential for destruction. I mean, what's 
This just boils down to like a, what you what you find scary. You know? Well, yeah, but I mean, sure, you have the the natural disaster of a drought and famine, but also that happens over a period of time, and you can you know, not that it's not convenient, you can, you can acclimate. inconvenient, but you can you know just leave and act. go somewhere where there's not a drought. Oh, you, oh, oh, you can, you white cis male asshole. Yeah, women can't move. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. I mean, earthquake is something that's unavoidable and has widespread destruction. But like, you look at a tornado and you're like, there's something biblical about just seeing a funnel of clouds hell yeah sucking up the earth hell yeah there's that but even that like i i I think like just the level of terrifying and and like i don't want that to get me i would say i would dread the tornado more than an earthquake that's fair yeah on this on the same level i find the sinkhole more terrifying than the tornado because there's no warning you don't even see it coming off you're not there's no weather the earth just opens up and consumes you and then you're gone maybe that's it or or you just land on top of the things you fell with and you're fine uh, did i did you see that tiktok i seen it was a while ago it was a couple of weeks ago and we probably talked about this this is probably what the thing was that he talked about but it was the guy was just sleeping in his bed and then the earth opens up and he gets sucked in and his his like brother hears him screaming from this hole, but they can't even with the emergency vehicles, they can't get to him. They're like, The sinkhole is continually opening up. It's too dangerous. You and then that? he just that's his grave now and they covered it in concrete. Delta P scare is scary. Did you see that video of of uh on crazy fucking videos of that guy in India knocking the pipe open? And then, (laughs) and then, so there's just, I mean, the pipe is just full of high speed water. Yeah. Oh my God. And it just suck the air pressure change just sucks him right in and he's gone. Yeah. He's just fucking there and then he's not. It's it's, like you're, you exist and now you're a potato cannon. Right. It's so fast. It was like, yeah, gone. Yeah, that was genuinely horrifying. And imagining the ride he went on. <laughs> I, I mean, I just want to hope that you're immediately killed just at that point. Apart. You probably are. Because the probably... alternative is like, you're, just heading, you're heading like 70 miles per hour drowning. Whew. There's something about drowning at 70 miles per hour. It's <laughs> be uniquely horrifying. Extreme drowning! <laughs> Drown or are you gonna fucking drown, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, um, yeah, so I think I think John did the Resident Evil thing. I, yeah, yeah, who cares about it? Shut up. <laughs> I think I don't know if you caught it, but I, I I think uh on Facebook John mentioned how he was kind of regretful for these voicemails because he he might add a little drinky poo. Okay. Well, before that, I will say I admire people who are able to watch movies like the first Resident Evil and then come up with theories about them. Right. Because <laughs> your patience is through the roof. Your uh-huh. life must be very nice. So I've I've got a whole head cannon about Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> <laughs> or Gary Busey just rapes all the actresses with him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dave. It's John from Colorado again. I just realized something. 
I'm re-watching all the old, re-listening to all the old podcasts, and it hit me at like midnight tonight. Uh, Dave <laughs> predicted yeah. Corona in your unfriended dark web episode. Because he was talking about how you could order uh buy a bat off of the internet. Corona came from the internet, logic, weirdness, conspiracy theories. Dave, I'm watching you now. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Uh, I'm just really tired, really weird, and re-listening to podcasts. I'm kind of crazy. Sorry for bothering you guys. I'm being weirdo. Uh, let's go now. Never apologize. Just ne- new boot goofing. Just new boot goofing. Um, yeah, so apparently I somehow on the dark web uh, review, which is like very early on. That's like, like maybe episode our, six or maybe something. Five or six of the entire podcast. I somehow predicted the coronavirus. He said that you are able to order vampire bats over the internet. Oh. Not sure how that predicts coronavirus, but, you know, bats. Yeah, I mean, coronavirus uh, occurred from a, a, a lab leak from the Wuhan lab. lab. That's that's no longer taboo to say. They've actually got a lot of stuff backing that up. Hmm. So. Last one from one of our favorites. Oh, boy. Hey, Bryson David. Uh, it's Robert the Furder. Um, so, generally, I agree with your guys' um, scores and ratings for movies, but there's two exceptions. Mm. One, I think Ernest Scared Stupid was given too low of a score, but that was already explained. Like, you already give me the reasoning why. But the second one is, how could you give The Shining a seven? Like, seriously. Yeah, Bryce. I know that you gave it a 10, but I know that um, David gave it a, a 7. No, I did not. <laughs> I gave it a but, 10. Um, I'm just like... How dare you? How? Yeah, because, David. Seriously. Seriously. People were telling... I've heard a lot about this movie before I saw it. People, I've heard people. I heard people say, like... Oh, it's so good. It's so awesome. It's like the best horror movie ever and stuff. It's so good. And I saw it, and it 100% lived up to my expectations. I also read the book, so I know. So, like you, I also read the book. But, um, actually, yes. Yes, I did read the book. But, um... It is it is definitely a ten. It is definitely a ten. And when you and I'm just gonna say when you say that it doesn't answer your questions enough. Yeah, Bryce. I think that that was is legitimately for a reason. I think that Stanley Kubrick wanted it to be mysterious and not answer everything. It wanted you to be wondering, like if you see ever soon two thousand one I'm pretty sure you guys have. Told me after you watch that you that you don't have questions. Like literally, the ending is so weird. You're like, wait, what the? Just happened. And he did that with this movie. And it adds to the tension. This movie is creepy and it's weird and it's awesome. Uh, anyways, Robert the Further, I'm out. 
Yeah, David, how could you give The Shining a seven? I literally, I literally agree with everything Robert the Farter just got done saying, mm-hmm. with the exception of the fact that he got you and me confused. Right. That's the only problem, is he thinks you're good and I'm bad, when yeah. in reality it's the reverse. I'm good. You're bad. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Um, Defend yourself. I stand by it. Like, Stanley Kubrick's, my main beef with Stanley Kubrick, there's a thread that runs through most of his movies, which is there's no humanity and the storytelling aspect is just not the most important thing to him. It's more, um, tone and visuals. Ambiance. Yeah. If you like like the visceral or like the, um, mystery, the mystery or like the feels. Yeah. He's great for that. But if you want to know what's going on in a story, he's awful. <laughs> Like well, yeah. there's no, Some there's no like aren't in, meant to be known. That's kind of the definition of a story. Um. Uh. Then explain Stanley Kubrick's stories, Bryce. Stupid. That's the point. I can't. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you what happened at the end of two thousand one because he doesn't explain. And the the problem is they're adaptations and they do have an explanation, and there is a point to them, and he just doesn't include it. I have a question, Bryce. Why does a man who wears a shirt that says genius at work sit here and scrutinize a child's cartoon? I retract my question. <laughs> so thank you, Robert the Farter, for calling in. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for calling in. And, and uh, again, hope that hope, Josh, you're feeling you're feeling better um, this holiday season. Um, and don't don't you know, if you need to reach out to us, if you want to talk, talk. Yeah. We, we're here. Um. All right, we'll wrap it up. This was a really enjoyable film to to watch and and uh, episode to record. So, we'll see you on the flippity flop. Bye bye. Oh yeah. Also, we should probably plug a couple things. What do we usually say at the end? Uh, well, make sure to support us. You can head on over to Amazon. Uh, you can head on over to our website horrormovietalk.com. Click through the link to Amazon. And then any money you spend on Amazon, we get a little piece of, and it's not insubstantial. So, um, you know, help us out that way, or just become a patron, support us directly, and get access to a bunch of uh, fabulous patron content, after pods, uh, exclusive reviews. You get a, a, ma- a card in the mail with stickers and a nice and some show notes that we take. So, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these. Um, yeah, we got a lot of shout outs to patron this ep- Patreon this episode. So, after pods. The fact that this is a patron-voted episode. Um, what was the other one that we mentioned? I already mentioned them. I, I just... Oh, the, the, you don't have ads and whatnot. So thanks to patrons, especially our new patrons, Consta H and Amanda S, for joining on. And uh, we we'll see you, you next week. Bye-bye. We love you. Bye. Looking for a podcast? Full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat, look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopa chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible?
flatulent. Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. Kiss, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair peed on Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Killer on the phone, ain't no sheriff's door. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of Poop Monster Kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shutter and jump scares ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism you should worship, they Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, they spooky, poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them. Oh, you done it now, Jordy Farrell. You monkhead.